How about that cigar? How about that cigar? He went full Kermit the Frog. Ladies and gentlemen, you are watching episode 111 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. Take just a minute, if you would, please share us out with your favorite Facebook cigar groups. Let everybody know that we are live. And to jump on there, as always, in the comments, join the conversation. Let us know what you're smoking. Let us know what you're drinking. Mm-hmm. And let's have some fun tonight, as always, live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And let's talk about the re-release of the wonderful limited edition Lanceros for 2021 exclusively for Drew Diplomat program participants the limited edition Herrera Esteli Lanceros will debut during Drew Estates Freestyle Live special edition the 7x38 Lancero requires expert hands to pro- perfectly arrange the individual tobacco components assuring the cigar's complexity and the ideal draw expert hands the Herrera Esteli Habano Lancero is made using a flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper Honduran Habano binder and Nicaraguan filler tobaccos, while the Herrera Esteli Connecticut Broadleaf Lancero is composed of an exceptional high priming Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper that Drew Estate reserves throughout the year exclusively for this cigar. A bold Brazilian Matafina uh, binder and rich Nicaraguan filler tobaccos. Both these Lancero blends are presented in 15 count boxes that will be available exclusively to Drew Diplomat retailers. For more info, please visit Drew Estate dot com so not much going on this week we didn't really do anything last week did we oh wait we did oh we yeah we went to a little trade show which we're going to talk about in just a little while with our special guest of the evening i'm a flyer Uh, yeah garrett so i fly tell the story here we got to hear this so 43 years old i had never taken a plane because i have vertigo and I don't think it's me. It is. I don't know what it is, friend. Okay. Um, so I have vertigo. And it, it, it's just, uh, it, it's been an unknown what, what air travel was going to do for me. And um, there's some anxiety that happens with that. And, uh, you know, I, Matt and I, we've been talking about all these shows and, uh, you know, going to Nicaragua and Dominican and um, all of that is plane travel. And I was like, you know what? I am just going to try it. We're going to go to Vegas. We're going to go to TPE. And it was awesome. Uh, there's a few minutes during takeoff <laughs> yeah. that's uncomfortable. I believe I yelled, oh, shit, once. <laughs> um but after after takeoff in in the banking period, once we got in the air, it was like it's nothing. Um, I mean, we didn't have any bad turbulence or anything for me to experience that. But I now know that I can fly without getting uh, sent into uh, you know several hour or half a day vertigo spell. Yeah. So uh, huge win. I, you know, the flight back was smoother than the the flight there actually. Um, and I love flying. And now, you know, the wife is like, <laughs> okay, so we're going to Florida and we're going here now and Pan- we're doing all this. Pandora's box is, it's like wide it open. the hell open. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get back in a plane and, and do it again. So a uh, huge win. Thank you for everybody who, you know, gave me well wishes and, and their uh, 
you know, thoughts and prayers. I, I really appreciate it. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Honestly, so sit right next to you as, as somebody who's been flying for a long time, uh, I, uh, other than the, you know, the, during takeoff, when you were white knuckling the headrest of the seat in front of you, it, true. you were fine the whole time. Oh yeah. During landing. So I think you did great. And, and then even like our flight leaving Vegas to Minneapolis. Um, yeah. I didn't even, there was the, none of that. I didn't even do the thing. There was none you of know, that. Cause I knew what to expect uh, a little bit more. And I knew that there was going to be some, a little bit of uncomfortability. If you have, you know, when you're driving in a car, maybe roller coasters, I can't do roller coasters. So I don't really know what that feels like, but if you're in a car and you go and <clears throat> you do the dip yeah, and that feeling that you get, Imagine that multiplied by 10 and that's what my body does yeah. with, with that kind of stuff. So, um, huge. Well, it's good. Cause that opens up a lot of possibilities. So not many just, possibilities. not just for you and your wife, but more selfishly, that means we can go to PCA and we can go to Nicaragua and Dominican Republic and mm -hmm. Honduras and mm -hmm. all that good stuff. So yeah. I'm being selfish with those, uh, those wants. Uh, so, I'm pretty sure our Minnesota Twins are getting slaughtered like 47 to two right now. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm exaggerating, but last I checked, I think it was 11 to one. Um, they're just—I don't know what to say about the Twins. They—they they either score 10 runs or they score one and get beat by 10 runs. It's just they're—they're they're a mess. Um, they've had some good moments, but overall, they've—they've they've really just been falling apart. Um, but. The Minnesota Wild, <laughs> the overtime win. We go into heat. I, I was I was mowing the grass and trimming the lawn and stuff like that yesterday, um, and I got in just as I sat down. Uh, and Garrett sends me a text. Said, "Are you watching this?" I said, "No, I I was just about to turn it on. I was mowing the grass, and I turn it on, and it's end of regulation zero zero in round you know first game of the playoffs." And uh, the Minnesota Wild pulled out a great win at uh, uh, not long into overtime. It, it, it was wasn't. only a minute or two into overtime, and it was a great, uh, great yeah. We win. got a power play right away, which we wasted, which we totally wasted. Does Minnesota waste power plays? Well, did you know we're ranked number one in power play goals? I thought that was the statistic that came up. Yep. The Wild were number one in power play goals, but we made up for that Blues, late in the season because early in the season we were terrible at power plays. That's true, but the Blues were number two in defending. Yeah. So, and their their power play defense is ridiculous. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see what the playoffs bring. We're excited for uh, the Wild. Hopefully, the Twins can pull their heads out of their asses and and learn how to play baseball again. But yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um. So let's uh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's bring on our special guest of the evening. As always, ladies and gentlemen, you know that special guests on How About That Cigar Live are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you will find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, 
Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, put your hands together for our special guest on episode 111 of How About That Cigar Live from Barrels and Leafs, Leo Brown. Welcome What's to the show. What's going on? What up? What up? What up? What's up, my brother? Man. How is life? It was so, it, uh, we were talking about this. We were just at the TPE show together, man. And we've met so many times online, but we finally got to, we finally got to meet in person. So man, thank you for being on the show tonight. Man, of course, man. Y'all know it's always my honor to mess around with y'all, you know, do whatever it is that we do with the cigar media business. Uh, but I just really got to say to y'all, man, the intro music yeah, it just makes me want to just like get in a hot tub and smoke a cigar. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I was back in, I was in the background just jamming and everything. You know, I mean, it was it was a, it was a great time. It was a great time. Uh, but also, uh, Garrett, big ups to you, man, because I know we talked about this when we were at TPE. Honored and and totally understand the the difficulty on getting on a plane. Man, look, I'm proud of you. I'm glad that everything worked out okay. Um, tell the wife, pump the brakes a little bit. Let's take it a little bit by little bit. <laughs> let's, 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 let's let me get this one flight under the belt first so I can feel a little bit comfortable. And, yeah. uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm just sorry to say, I mean, I know you guys know I'm from Chicago, but, uh, right now the score is, uh, 16 to four and, uh, it's in the top of the ninth. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it ain't over yet. <laughs> With the, I'm gonna go ahead and call this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this one for the White Sox. It's not a twin win. Uh, uh, I, I I'm gonna go ahead and call it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, there it is. No, man. I'm definitely happy to be here with you guys, man. Always a good time. Uh, right now, everybody can probably see I got the Padres in the background because I am from San Diego, or not from, but live in San Diego. Yeah. Uh So I got to watch my Padres and watch my White Sox all at the same time, man. But. Yeah. Also glad to be here with you guys. Seriously, hundred percent. And it was a pl- uh, dude. You know, you guys are a little bit taller in person. I thought cam- Garrett. I thought Garrett because he sits so low in the chair. I thought he was like my like my height or something. Yeah, this dude comes. He's Garrett, like six two, six three. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett's always Garrett's always got the the lean. I'm always right. I'm always sitting up really forward because I got to be able to access the keyboard and, and and all that and the mouse to click on stuff and and but he he's just like you know right he in the plus my chair my my chair is so loud that if I lean back then then it sounds like you know a horror movie door creaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when my wife gets in a car that I've been driving in. It looks really funny because <laughs> she's like, "How do you drive like this?" <laughs> with my eyes closed that's right, right. yeah oh. so so i want to uh first of all let's go around the horn and uh talk about what everybody is smoking and drinking so leo what do you have fired up man look this is uh one straight from the factory where carolina blue is out of which is tabacalera el puente this is the box press toro something brand new for everybody who might have come by the booth uh, this is a, a very, very easy smoking cigar. Uh, it's rather smooth and it has some earthy notes, a little bit of chocolate. Uh, of course, if you know about barrels and leaves, I always got some kind of pairing going. So today's just a little bit of non-alcoholic with a Coca-Cola adds a little bit of contrast to it. So, uh, you get, you get to pull a little bit more out of cigar 
uh, with this Coca-Cola. So, yeah, nice. very happy to be smoking this one. Nice. Mm -hmm. Garrett, what do you got? Well, I'm going to let Leo do the honors on this one. Yeah, that's I the, don't, I don't, we got the white label here. That's, yes. Yeah, so that is the uh, Tabacalero Puente Robusto. Uh, that is more of the milder side of the uh, uh, brand. So hopefully, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, it's a little bit of spice. Uh, you should get a little bit of a uh, kind of like a coffee kind of flavor, uh, mm -hmm. maybe some dark roast, uh, maybe a little bit of nutty kind of flavor in there as well. Yeah, I'm definitely getting the coffee. And um, um, that's about it at this point. And okay. you're, you're will, it with that. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, for the those who who are on the unleaded. Uh, oh, this is a fantastic non-alcoholic beer. Uh, groovy, highly recommend in this dark stout. Uh, <laughs> the coffee in that one kind of helps, too. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, I have the Henry Clay Warhawk Rebellion, oh, which is the uh, follow-up to the, the Henry Clay Warhawk, which was a nice, mild Connecticut shade. This one's got a little bit more depth to it. It's a nice cigar. Um, and I am uh, I'm making up for everybody's lack of alcohol. Uh, so I, I have uh, the, uh, the Big Wave Golden Ale from Kona oh. Brewing Company. I'm a big fan beer. of Kona. It's uh, the, I love to buy their variety packs because you get a little, you get a couple of their IPAs and you get their ale and their lager in in there. So, and I have uh, some of the uh, Russell's Reserve Ten Year Bourbon. Ooh, there you go. There you go. Uh, which is it's an it's actually a little bit of a contrast from the so it's from the you know the the same distillery that makes Wild Turkey, mm -hmm. and it's. Uh, it's it's actually kind of outside of my regular wheelhouse. I typically tend to go towards the bourbons that have more like uh, uh, I don't know those kind of caramel butterscotch kind of kind of notes to them. This one this one is more um, it's got more kind of earthy peaty not peaty like scotch but you know uh, a little smoke to it. A, yeah, a little smoke, a little a little maybe kind of earthy floral kind of notes to it more so than like. Like if you get a four roses or something like that, that's going to have more sort of natural sweetness to it. And this one is more uh, kind of almost almost leaning towards rye where it's got a little pepperiness to it. But uh, going well with this cigar. There you go. So, man, we yeah, like we were talking about the TPE trade show. It uh, it was a big experience for us, you know, being how about that cigar? The first time we ever get to cover a trade show, it was we said it over and over again, everybody we talked to, man, how great was it to be back in a room full of cigar smokers again? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was kind of the, the going thing at the time. I mean, pretty much everybody that kind of walked by the booth, um, which the booth I'm talking about is Carolina blue, uh, barrels and lease in Carolina blue. We do have a uh, partnership there, but everyone who was walking by was saying the same thing is that, you know, it's great to see people again. It's great to, to be able to shake hands and dap people up and, you know, be able to enjoy conversation again, besides just doing it like this, like we're doing online or zooms or, you know, what have us, you know, and have to not have to worry about DMing somebody, you know, you can actually talk to somebody once again. And I think that made a lot of people feel good. Uh, I know that the, uh, the the media group for TPE came by the booth. Uh, ben and myself, we talked a lot about that uh, prior to the interview. 
So yeah, it was a it's a major thing, man. And it's one thing I would definitely say is that if you guys get a chance uh, next year in J- January, make sure you show up to TPE next year because it's it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth hundred percent. Yeah, I was, I was honestly really impressed. I, I was know, too. I don't know about you. Well, and this was my first ever trade show, and so that kind of I I feel like from everything another I've, first for you, huh, Garrett? That's awesome, bro. Yeah, all kinds of firsts. Good. Um, yeah. Um, and I feel like the bar was set really high. Yeah. Uh, because how <laughs> they took care of media, um, the access that we had, you know, early access and other than, you know, a little snafu to get actually into the show at, at the beginning, um, it was fantastic. You know, they had water, they had our own little lounge, they had, uh, little snacks for us. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, it really was great having, you know, old, for me, you know, previously with Blind Man's Puff doing uh, IPCPR trade shows, um, and we talked about this a lot, and we've even, you know, discussed this with some people at PCA, is, you know, there's, honestly, there are some cues that PCA could take mm-hmm. uh, and and learn from. You know, having a dedicated space for media people to, you know, grab a bottle of water and uh, a couple, a few chairs to sit down and relax for a few minutes between interviews, you know, grab a, a, a cookie or a bag of chips or something like that, just to, just to re, uh, recharge. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a huge benefit and just, you know, taking up what, um, what would amount to, let's say the IPCPR or the PCA trade show, it would take up the equivalent of two booth spaces just that little walled in area, you know, it's yeah. nothing. So I, I, you know, if I, again, shout out to PCA, we love you guys, but if you can, you know, figure out a way to make that happen, you'll make a lot of people happy. Yeah. And if uh, nothing else, take that page out of the playbook. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. TPE. Um, I mean, they, they did a great job this year. I really do mean that they did a great job. And so tell us a little bit about what, what you were doing at TPE. So, I, we know that you're barrels and leaves, but you also do some stuff with Carolina blue. So what were you doing there? So first off a uh, big shout out to my man, Chris Moore, uh, for even, uh, thinking about me, having me come to TPE with him, uh, to represent Carolina blue. Uh, Chris, if you're out there, I, I think you're watching. Thank you, man. Really appreciate that. I know we talk about it, uh, all the time, talk about different things all the time, but, uh, really appreciate you, uh, trusting in me and believing in me to pull down the fort whenever you were out doing, you know, what it is that you were doing. But, uh, no, what I do for Carolina blues, uh, Chris and I, we formed a great friendship, uh, partnership, uh, since a little bit prior to COVID. And with that, you know, we decided that, hey, you know what, this works for me, this works for me, and let's just kind of continue just do what what it is that we do. So everything kind of evolved from there. You know, we started talking to each other about what it is that I do. He was telling me everything that he he does with the factory and what's going on with the blends and things like that. So we would chat back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, things just became just kind of quite normal. Uh, we kind of formed our own normalcy during the unnormal period. Uh, so with that, you know, built more of a friendship, more of a bond. Come to find out we're both their veterans. Uh, he did uh, uh, 30 years in the Army. I did 22 in the Navy, you know, and that bond right there in itself is also something that is is unbreakable. 
So, yeah. you know, we, we grew on that with what it is that we want to do with each other's business. From there, it was a, hey man, you know, let's start doing interviews. He would come on, he would come on, he would come on, then all of a sudden it's like, hey man, you know, we're just gonna do this together, why not? And that's pretty much how everything started. Um, and from there it's just, hey, you know what? I love the product. I love, I love what's going on with Carolina Blue Cigars. I love what's going on with the factory, how the factory produces the cigars and, and what kind of output that uh, you get from the cigar, what everybody think about the cigar. Hey, you know what? Let me just kind of promote this a little bit more with what I do with Barrels and Leaves. So at that point, I started doing pairings for some of the cigars that, that he had. And from there, it's like, hey, man, this is good with this. This goes good with this. And it just kind of grew. And from there, we just kept doing and kept doing it. Um, and, you know, we've done some events together uh, as of lately. And, you know, it's really been a ton of fun. And I really love Chris for what he's done for me. And, uh, hey, man, it was just my, my turn to give back. So that's how it all happened, man. So I was there. And basically, to sum all that up, I represented Carolina Blue. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, and it was it was really cool to see uh, Chris also for the first time. You know, another mm -hmm. one of the many people that we got to actually meet for the first time in person. And, you know, he, he really is, because you never know when you meet somebody on camera versus when you meet him in person, you know, and, and you guys both were you're just genuine people the the people you are when we when you talk when we talk to you on shows like this and then we and there he is uh making uh making comments so chris uh grateful <laughs> for you brother and and it, he's just one of those one of those guys that you know you yeah. you meet him in person and he's he really does have this cool cool kind of energy that that you, you kind of uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? You infectious. kind of, yeah, it's a, it, like this infectious kind of energy and he's excited about what he's doing. That's one mm -hmm. of the cool things, you know, mm -hmm. and Leo, you are too, is, is, is you know, not, not just, um, uh, not just your own brands, although, you know, the, that's, that's a key player in all of it is, you know, you really want to drive those brands and get growth, but you guys are excited about, and you care about the cigar culture as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and, you know, to take your word, something that me and Chris talk about all the time is the cigar culture. Uh, we have our, <laughs> and like I said, you know, it, it, this isn't something that was rehearsed or anything like that. You know, Chris and I, we talk about a lot of things and we talk about the difference between culture and community. Um, you know, mm -hmm. culture starts from where this comes from. That's where the cigar culture actually starts. In our personal opinion, this may be different for everybody else. But in our opinion, this is where it starts. It starts with the people down in the fields. It starts with the people that are putting their hands on this product that we enjoy day in, day out. That's the yeah, culture that's because right. we don't live that life every day. That's right. We live the consumer life every day. We live the life of the community. That's the way that we put it, you know? So there's to us, there's a difference between community and culture. And this is where the culture starts. The community is where we are, and we want to help both of those grow. We love the industry. That's mm. the biggest part about it all. I, what I do is I believe that I provide a little bit more education to the cigar culture, and with that is a dedication to the industry. The industry is what brings us all along. It brings us together. You know, so without the industry, we don't have a community. Without the community, you know, we can't even do anything for the culture. The culture is what produces all of this. And this is where it starts. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that is so absolutely true. So when you were out there, were were you a part of writing up any deals? What was your kind of uh, mechanics that you were doing there at the booth? To put it best, Chris actually said this before he took off for an interview. He said, this is my right hand man. So essentially, I did pretty much everything. I, I was not trying to be him. I was the next man in line. So when it came to writing up deals, I took all the information, wrote the deals, made sure everything happened. At the end of the night, uh, we emailed everybody all the price sheets and all that good stuff so that they could place their orders. And, uh, you know, if there was interviews that I could handle uh, without him, if there was something particular about the interviews that were going to happen, I wasn't going to do it. Uh, it was going to be him. I was going to tell him just come back. But there's certain things that I know that he trusts me with is that if it's something simple, I'll take care of the interviews there. So I did a little bit of everything. I talked about the product. I know the product line. Uh, I did some of the interviews. I did deals. That's just part of the partnership that, that we've created. Yeah. Very cool. So one of the things that I love about the trade shows is because although we, we approached the trade show really from a journalistic point of view to get information and interviews and stuff like that, there's also an aspect of it where we still we still to a certain extent wear a consumer's the hat of a consumer because oh, yeah. we are, we are still cigar consumers. Mm-hmm. And I, I know for myself, um, the, although I, I won't say it's worn off, but I'm able to sort of control it a little more now. <laughs> and what I mean is the first time that I went to a trade show and, and I got to meet some people in the cigar industry that I had really been following closely for a long time and i was fans of their work and fans of their cigars i did kind of have some moments where i was going full fanboy on a few people (laughs) did you did you find yourself when you got to meet you know one or two people that that you were just really people that you were really excited to meet for the first time at this show at this show or any previous show any previous show yeah so my very first uh trade show um i i remember uh, one of the reps, one of the brokers coming here to San Diego, and it was the first time I'd ever tried the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust line, Steve mm-hmm. Saka. Mm-hmm. And when the rep had told me at the time, he said, you know, Steve doesn't like coming to California. And I said, dude, that's if he ever comes to California, this is the guy that I want to meet because I understood his background uh, before I even knew that he came out with Dunbarton. So came a time to where, uh, and, and this was actually prior to a trade show. So he was here in San Diego. The rep calls me and says, Leo, Steve's in town. I said, okay. I stepped away to take the phone call. So I came back and I gathered all my stuff. And people said, you leave? I said, yep. And I just left. I didn't say anything else. So I get in the <laughs> car and I go to the lounge out here, uh, which is uh, now Royal. It's Royal. It used to be Churchill. Um, so I go there and uh, I literally, I walk in the door and I'm, I'm not one to be starstruck at all. I'm, I'm pretty even keel when it comes to meeting people. I don't care who we are. Uh, so I walk in the door and I see this big ball head and this big statue body sitting <laughs> in this chair. I'm like, damn, that's him, you know? So the rep goes over to me. He's like, hey, man, let's go sit down with him. I already told him you were coming and told him a little bit about what you're doing. I said, all right, cool. So I sit down and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him. And and if you know Steve Saka, his his voice is it doesn't match his body. It doesn't match his stature. <laughs> that's so that's it can't so right, but it can become rather loud, you know. So yeah. as I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him, I'm like, damn, this guy's full of knowledge. So I literally sat and talked 
for about three hours. I didn't really get a chance to say anything in between the time because everybody else wanted this time. So I said, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I'm shutting the damn place down tonight because I know the owners. So we're sitting there and afterwards and uh, Steve said, Leo, what's going on? How you doing? You know, I know you got some questions. I said, yeah. So we got to talking and I'm going to tell you something, man. In three hours of listening to Steve Saka, I probably learned about three years worth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then transferring that to the trade show right after meeting him, he told me, he brought me over to the booth. He said, sit down, smoke a cigar. I listened to him, how he dealt with everything and dealt with everyone. And it was like, it was like he was in a machine by himself. He knew everything. He knew where to go, what to do, how to handle it. And that's when it became to me is like, wow, this dude really knows his shit. Yeah. And if you guys know anything about Steve Sock, his man's been in the business for about 30 years. And if you don't know, go look him up, go have some fun because you'll learn a lot. Yeah. He, he is one of the, uh, we consider him one of the preeminent tobacco minds in the world. Mm -hmm. And you know, he was, he was one of the first to actually do cigar blogs. Yeah, he was Mm -hmm. way back, way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, And him, he was doing it before a lot of people were and he'd be on the, uh, the short list of uh cigar of Rushmore. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good topic. Mm-hmm. That is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he is one of those people that, um, well, and Garrett, I haven't really asked you this yet as far as, you know, cause some of these people you did get to meet for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what were your impressions and, and did you kind of, did you, did you find yourself kind of going a little bit fanboy on a few people? So my, um, Mary Catherine Gallagher moment <laughs> was, um, was definitely Raphael Nadal. Yeah. Um, that it probably tied with Nestor Placencia. Um, I mean, two legends yeah, of absolutely. the cigar world and, um, both of them, you know, you know, you're meeting a great person when they completely shed off any thing that puts them in a category of greatness and where they, they carry themselves in a way that is nothing but, um, you know, humble and, uh, knowledgeable and I am not above you. And, um, I got that from both of them. Um, it was, it was just a absolute honor to, to meet them and to spend some time with them, talk with them, uh, both on and off camera. Uh, you know, the, the kindness and the love in this industry is unparalleled. I will continue to say that I will continue to advocate uh for that fact um for a lot of the you know anti-tobacco people um that they really just need to look at this industry and see how it is completely different from any other industry in the world yeah yeah i mean that's that's i think that's 100 percent agreed i mean when you try to loop us into so many different categories when it comes to tobacco yeah, you got to start separating us. It ain't it ain't apples to apples. It's apples to oranges and pears. No, in 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 every conceivable category, it is totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, 
it's a it's a community activity like you said leo that word community it's a community yeah. activity it's uh it's uh, I, I i kept using this uh this this phrase on the show floor that's it, because so so many of us were just saying i mean we're 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 shaking hands and we're hugging and we're just saying it's so great to be back together again because cigars are a contact sport you know yeah. that's it's you got to be in touch with each other you got to you got to be there in this same because honestly zoom and and our show and and other people's shows really was it, it was great because it was the only game in town during during the pandemic right. but there you cannot replace that togetherness yeah you can't replace it with 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 anything not long term and no. you know and that's a good point too because um so while it, you know um, you meet a lot of people in life, you know, if, if you're even slightly extroverted at times and, right. you know, I have, I've been on panels and I've been on shows with Eric Espinosa and Jack Taranio, you know, handful of times, but to meet them in person and to get their energy into, you know, I don't, nobody just shook my hand. Everybody was going in for full on hugs and the energy was high and it was just fantastic um, to, to meet people in person and really see that personality come out because communication, you know, this way, you only get a little bit when you're with somebody and you, there's so many other cues and things that make that uh, meeting special that you don't get here, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's been, it was just fantastic. Yeah. When you get a chance to lock eyes on somebody, mm -hmm. I mean, it means something different. And I remember, you know, during the whole pandemic issue, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies, they just shut down, you know, I mean, all the reps were at home and, you know, they were working from home and, you know, cutting all the deals and all of that stuff. And uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, Jimmy Orr from Esteban Carreras. No, we don't. So Jimmy Orr is the national rep for Esteban, and he came into the lounge that I work at right here in San Diego, Liberty Tobacco, um, and he was talking to me and one of the other guys at work here, and he was telling us that he had went to Nebraska, and he got a chance, you know, to go see some of the accounts and stuff like that, and he said, well, while he was at one of the accounts, uh, he saw a customer come in, and the owner was there working behind the counter, and the owner heard one of the customers say to their daughter is that, do you know why this cigar is so shiny? And she says, no. He said, it's because they inject tar into the cigar. Oh. Now let's think about this. Who oh. injects tar into a tobacco and how in the hell is it gonna make it shiny? <laughs> that's just, that's, oh, that makes me sick to my stomach. No, it makes no sense. It make, Nobody does that. We know that. Nobody does that. But who yeah. in the hell in their right mind is going to tell somebody that tar is injected into a cigar to make it shiny? But these are the things that, you know, that some of the consumers, they don't get a chance to see and hear, you know, and that's what makes the, the, the communication, the, the in-person communication that much greater. That's really what it does. It makes it that much greater. So I, I, I was so thankful to, to have TPE, uh, you know, make sure that everything was was good to go and everything was was ready you know there was no mishaps or nothing like that um i mean like you were saying 
they provide uh, some of the in, in some of the goodie bags. You know, there were masks and sanitizer. You know, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. That was yeah. cool. I like that. Want well, to speak? You know, even more on the community front of this industry. I got to give a shout out to Brooks from Half Wheel too. Absolutely, because um, you know, on day one he came up to us and was like, "What do you guys need? Who do you need to meet? Who do you need to talk to that I could introduce you to?" Um, and that is that is such a um, it, you see that everywhere in this industry. You saw other manufacturers hanging out at other manufacturers' booths. There is so much love um, between, there's no competition. It's not competition. It is about growing a beautiful industry together. Right. And um, it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. It was, it was so cool to have, he, he, he did. Yeah. He walked us around to. He took us from, from booth to booth saying, Hey, I want to meet, I want to introduce you to these guys. And, and we even sat down in the media lounge for a few minutes and and he just said, you guys tell me who, who you who you want to meet, what you guys are hoping to accomplish, you know, what how, and basically he was saying, how can Half Wheel help you? He said, the stuff that I know about as Brooks, I'll help you with what I can. If it's something I don't know about, then then Charlie would be happy to help you. And I have no doubt that Charlie would be happy to help us because we've had him on the show before. Mm-hmm. He's been great. And, you know, it's, it, it, you know, I'm not saying they're going to, you know, give us all the, you know, all the secrets and the, 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 the keys to the recipes and all that, but they're still there to help. And, and the yeah. same with, you know, guys from Dojo and blind man's puff and mm-hmm. Boston, Jimmy, and so many other right. media people. Um, and, and I, I've heard the same stories from one manufacturer to another, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, they need, they need help with bands or they need help with this, that, or the other thing or distribution or something like that. I've heard so many stories of, of companies coming together because some, you know, at the 11th hour, somebody needs something and they, they find a way to get it done and they Mm -hmm. do it together. Yep. I mean, I'll, I'll also say the same thing, man. Shout out to Boston, Jimmy. Uh, I talked to Jimmy when I first got started, you know, some years ago and he said, Hey, you know, here's some things to do. Here's some things to look out for. Here's some things that you can add, take away and whatnot. So you know, shout out to Boston, Jimmy and shout out to Rob from Bovida also for oh, the yeah. uh, interview with uh, Chris. So look out for that too uh, on Bovida's platform. So that should be a very interesting interview for everybody to see. And did they ever have a sweet setup? That was, that was, did you that, see that shit? That was what? phenomenal. I mean, for, for those of you, who don't know Rob Rob Gagne from Bovida does a does a podcast and a web show called Box Press, mm-hmm. and he interviews big hitters from the cigar industry. And he the production value that goes into it is phenomenal. They and he had this fantastic booth that was all balled out with leather chairs and fancy microphones. And he had uh, he had Steve, who was one of the directors of Handrolled, there helping him do all the camera stuff and all this. And it's, he's, he's basically from what I can tell, he's probably got a year's worth of box press episodes in the can waiting for release. So that's, uh, that's phenomenal. He he brought an entire studio to TPE basically. Yes. Whole video studio. If you guys are out there on social media, I'm sure people have been taking, we're taking pictures. When you see that it's a lot 
better in person than it is in the pictures. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. God. Um, so give us a little bit, uh, kind of going back to um, talking about Carolina Blue, um, you know, with TPE this year and, you know, what you guys, uh, what Carolina Blue hoped to accomplish. And we talked to you a little bit about this when we did the live interview on the show floor, but um there was there was plenty of show after we we stopped by the booth to do that interview so what was the what was the final you know takeaway and 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 how how did everything perform from a you know new accounts and a sales perspective for you guys at uh at the trade show you know honestly that's uh that's a good question uh matt i know uh chris and i haven't really had a lot of time to talk about it uh, because we were so exhausted from the show, you know, and I think that uh, yeah. we talked about this prior to, I mean, we were exhausted. Uh, it seemed like, you know, we were, I, don't, I didn't know if we were coming down with something or just dehydrated, exhausted or whatnot, but it was, it was pretty exhausting uh, for being both of our first time uh, putting on, you know, the, the, the booth at TPE. However, I can say that the takeaway was actually great. Uh, the experience was great. The amount of retailers that, that came by, um, I know we did talk about it uh, a little bit today is that, you know, we were a little bit pissed off about our positioning uh, at TPE. But, you know, if that's something that, you know, you live and you learn from, you know, we'll do it uh, better next year or in January, should I say. Um, but, yeah, the takeaway I would say is, you know, we met some good people. Uh, we met some people that we've talked to before, you know, over the phone and through emails and stuff like that. So we got a chance to see them in person. Um, you know, the accounts, you know, built some new accounts, um, re rehindered some old accounts and stuff like that. You know, so it was uh, it was a good takeaway, I would say, overall. I don't think that we missed a beat. Chris and I are who we are. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think more people get a chance to see me uh, with Chris versus just Chris or just dealing with Chris. Um, which again, I'm hugely thankful to Chris for that. Um, so yeah, it, it was, uh, to me, it was a great takeaway. It was, yeah. it was a win. Uh, could it have been better? Hell yeah. It could have been better, you know, uh, but we're going to make it better throughout the rest of this year going into next year. So, yeah. you know, but it, it was a win. It was a win, man. Overall. Yeah. That's what it's about, honestly. And, and even for us covering the trade show, um, you know, we talked about this before or maybe after we went live, but we, we ended up putting out 16 live videos throughout the course of the trade show, which, you know, for, and, and we talked about the fact that it was basically, even though it was a three day trade show, because we got there late and left early. Um, we really only had a day and a half. Um, we had a all, lot of time. So you guys were hustling. Yeah. We had all day Thursday and half the day on Friday. And, you know, we still managed to get 16 videos out there and, um, you know, we've mentioned this before, uh, in the, even in the closing video, you know, there were a number of people that we just didn't get a chance to see, um, you know, from, uh, we, we stopped by on Friday morning to see Michael Herklotz and he had already flown out and, right, um, and real quick be, to, to interrupt after this show. So wait until the end of the show, go to Instagram, look up cigar dojo and look at the video he did from TPE with Michael Herklotz. You will thank me later. Yeah. It was one of the best freaking things I've ever seen yeah. in my life. It, you will laugh your ass off. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, 
so we didn't get to uh, see him and, you know, guys like Matt Booth, Matt Booth and Terrence Riley from Aganorsa Leaf mm-hmm. and Eric Bay from Black Star Line. I mean, we did stop by the Black Star Line booth, but he was on the other kind of on the other side talking to somebody else. And um, Cuevas. Uh, yeah, Cuevas and, and some other. I mean, we did see Lewis and, and say hi to him, but didn't get a chance for an interview. So, you know, live and learn. Like you said, Leo, we, we've got we learned a lot about you know, timing and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll going into PCA, we have a lot of, you know, ideas on how to get more out of our time. And plus the fact, knowing that we're going to fly in a day early and leave a day late. So we'll have, uh, we won't be so pressed for time, but, um, honestly, it's just glad to be, we're so glad to be part of it and, and out there covering things and so excited for PCA, just so excited for it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I ran into Matt uh, as I was making some rounds on the floor, talked to him for a few minutes. Uh, Eric and I have a Eric, I and Chris, you know, we got a pretty good relationship with each other. So, you know, we kind of talk all the time. Uh, Plus, we were in Philly together um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, First time all of us, all three of us together actually meeting each other. So that was another thing um, because Chris and I did a uh, uh, the Philadelphia Cigar Week or Philly Cigar Week. So we were out there for that. So that was the first time uh, meeting Eric. Um, that that was a ton of fun. Eric's a very funny guy, uh, cool dude uh, to, to sit it and chop it up with. Uh, mm-hmm. Got some stories as well. You know, he's from Chicago too. So of course we got yeah. a chance to share some Chicago stories and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, Matt was real cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to check out the uh, the dojo um, <laughs> Instagram after this. I see. Yeah. I already. I I know you guys expressing sometimes, so I know I got to see this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so I was also curious to find out because every state, you know, has different tax regulations and restrictions on different tobacco products and things like that. And, you know, here in Minnesota, we, things are in a pretty good place right now from a tax perspective. It's not, it's not really all that bad. It's not as good as like Pennsylvania or Florida, but you know, you being from San Diego, what is kind of, what is the 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 feeling in in california and southern california specifically oh, i see you shaking your head already <laughs> what's what is the tax situation like that i mean how easy is it to be a cigar smoker in southern california you guys know the the tax percentage in new york i don't honestly 75 percent in new york want to know what it is here in southern california or california period 68 percent oh so here's here's how I can sum this up, okay? This is the funniest <laughs> thing ever. So whenever I go see Chris in North Carolina, I'm out, I'm going out there and I'm buying up like damn near bundles of cigars. I remember the first time I went out there and people were like, is he okay? I was like, dude, I live in California. You wanna know? I mean, I think there was one shop that we went to, I think I walked out with like 10 or 12 cigars and I spent like less than, well, maybe less than 120 bucks and I was happy to drop it. Dude, you yeah. come out here and buy six cigars, you're spending 120 bucks. Yeah. Damn. So yeah. yeah, it's it's just it's it's crazy to be a smoker here in California. But you know, because we have grown accustomed to how to work around the taxes and you know, standard of living and stuff like that, it's just it's it's just like you guys. That's the way it pretty much is. Except we just got higher taxes. So let's say a uh Hemingway. Um, a Hemingway here is about nine dollars. <laughs> Twelve. Oh, 
that's just in my shop. Ouch. 12. So like a, a, a Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Sin Compromiso, about 18 bucks here. Which one? The, um, the Especial. <laughs> How much there? 12? No, about 18 here. Yeah, it's 25 here. Oh. Right, right at 23.95. Ouch. Yeah. yeah don't come don't come here to get your cigars. <laughs> that's and that's no. one of the frustrating parts of, of, you know, being a cigar smoker from certain areas is that the the government makes it difficult to enjoy the hobby that you love. Mm-hmm. Listen, the government needs to just they, they need to start focusing on marijuana. Give you guys a quick story about here in Southern California, not anywhere else, Southern California, specifically here in San Diego, a town called Chula Vista. There, there's literally going to be not a dispensary, a weed lounge. Oh. There's going to be a weed lounge by the end of this year. So you want to talk about taking a look at something, FDA? Take a look at that. See what you're doing. Government of California, take a look at what you're doing. Look at what you're providing. But you want to come after us for something that's natural. Right. I don't like it. Natural, yeah. I don't agree with it. Take that and you know where to put it. That's all I can say. Well, and not that, I mean. It's not an intoxicant. It, it's, it's, yeah, this this is, you know, cigars don't, don't uh, they don't alter your mental state. You know, well, they relax you, but that's just, you know, that's a, they relax you mentally, but they don't, they relax you mentally, but they don't do it with, with chemical, um, you know, through chemical means it's, it's all mental. Um, and so I'm curious, so they're going to have a lounge. And if you, if you think about, you know, a bar where somebody can go in and have a lot of drinks and then potentially get in their car and start driving. You know, they're going to, in a lot of cases, you're going to have cops waiting outside of the parking lot of the bar, waiting to pull somebody over for having too many, you know, uh, too many rum Doobies. and coke. And now are they going to have, are they going to have, you know, are they going to let people get, get blasted on THC and then get behind the wheel and drive home? So, so to answer your question, here's what's weird about that. There's two things that's weird. One is that this this lounge is, is not too far away from a children's playground. Oh. That's number one. Number two, it's less than it's it's less than a half a mile from a police station. So how is this gonna go down? I don't know. Um, are they gonna be, you know, because basically you can't you really can't do that according to the law from what i understand that would be entrapment you know by letting you know by somebody coming out smoking and then you stop them that's pretty much entrapment from my understanding so i don't know how it's going to play out i don't know if they're going to be setting up down the road down the freeway somewhere like that or what have you but just i mean my overall impression is that this is so wrong on so many levels i just don't understand it I just, I honestly don't. And I don't even want to try to understand it. I just want them to leave the tobacco industry the hell alone. With that happening, just leave us alone. Yeah. Let consenting adults do what they're going to do. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're starting to let all the regulations go on marijuana 
and tightening it up on cigars. Right. Help help well, me with the logic. Yeah, for what reason I don't know. You know, I mean, now, I mean, you guys were in, in Vegas. I mean, how much weed did you guys smell? <laughs> oh, all day. All day. All day. day. It was and, I mean at the I airport, as soon as I came out the airport. Oh, yeah, exactly. And you guys, I am not anti-marijuana at all. In fact, no. I am pro-legalizing it. But we are not, in my opinion, um, the the parallels of consumables between alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, it's like they're not on the same playing field. Yeah. Well, we all know that you're not going to find an average teenager coming in and buying a 12 to $15 cigar. Yeah. But you're going to make weed a lot less on the price. And it's probably more acceptable because now you've legalized it, mm -hmm. but you want to come after tobacco. Yeah. I can get on this soapbox all day. I, I, I don't because <laughs> I do. And I tell people all the time, go out there and vote. When it's time for us to vote on the tobacco bill, listen, they make it so simple for you. You don't even have to do a damn thing. Just go click on it, scroll up, sign your name, call it a day. You don't have to do a damn thing. Right. Yeah, the CRA makes it easy. The Cigar Rights of America. If you join Cigar Rights of America, actually, you don't. You don't even have to join Cigar Rights of America. You don't. I think, I think it's a good idea if you do join. But if even right. if you don't join, you can go right on their website and click through a place to find your your state and local legislators, and they have a pre-filled out letter, and all you have to do is click, you know, put your name, put your in, name there in there and and send. send. Right. And you don't, you don't even have to, to pay the fee to join CRA, but, but you should, you should, you should, you sh if you want to be a part of this community, if you want to be a part somewhat in this industry, you need to get involved. You yeah. need to get involved. You should want to get involved as much as you well, pay attention to the presidency, pay attention to this because this is what we enjoy. Yeah. Cause that's everybody. If, if it is, if, if somebody truly calls themselves a brother of the leaf or a sister of the leaf, you've got to have, in my opinion, you got to have some skin in the game, and that's the for a lot of us that that's your way to put skin in the game. It's more than just mm -hmm. you can't say that that oh I spent my twelve dollars on the cigar or I spent my two hundred dollars on that box of cigars. That's my skin in the game. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't fly. That's not that's not enough. Boom! There it is. There you go. There's there there's the member. I just got mine in the mail yesterday from my renewal this year. So yeah. you got to have some skin in the game. It's twenty five dollars or twenty nine dollars, people. Yeah, or, and, right. and they send you a couple of cigars. Or you Correct. can do the three year deal, which which I did. Yeah, do the three year, or you can do a lifetime. It's expensive, but if you if you if you amortize it out, then you're actually saving money. Yep, you know, and, I, so. and I, I took it to another level. And I went out and got my retail tobacconist certification. So hey, yeah, it is what yeah. it is, man. Oh. I mean, if if we want this to stick around and we want this to be reasonable for us. Go out and do your part, man. That's all I can say. I can't say. So it I know here in uh, the Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities area, um, several of the shops got together and developed this little coalition. And they spent a lot of time with legislators. They actually went down to the Capitol together and they really and, you know, this is a few years ago now and um, totally redid the cigar tax here in Minnesota. Is there anything like that in California? Any cohesive thing between shop owners? 
this was tried years ago, Garrett. I mean, it was tried years ago. Uh, the lounge I work at, Liberty Tobacco, this is one of the oldest cigar lounges in the San Diego County area. Been here 45 years. The owner, Charlie Hennigan, Charles Hennigan, uh, he was one of the people uh, that tried to bring all the lounges together and actually fight the fight uh, here in Sacramento. Um, by him doing that, <laughs> he caused a lot of heat on himself. And what I mean by that is that now the state started looking at him and started scrubbing every single receipt that he ever produced. And it became such a headache to him that not that he not that he didn't care, carry it out. It's just it was such a headache to him. I mean, literally, the BOE came and went through every single receipt, every single one, every book, every I mean, just watched him for, I think he said, five years. Yeah. So. You know, is there something like that that happened? Yeah, there was something that was mentioned probably about two or three years ago about forming another uh, California Retailers Association. Um, and I didn't want to say CRA because that's Cigar Rights of America, but California Retail Association. Um, that was there was talks about that, but uh, the 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 lounge owners could never come together and want to pull everything together. Yeah, there was fallout here, too. Um, they did several underage stings um at the lounges after that initiative um and luckily it was unsuccessful yeah they didn't <laughs> they didn't find anything so um you know they found that uh all the retail shops were doing what they should be doing uh carding people that look too young and um so yeah it and that's gross that's the gross part of politics right um right. we gotta we gotta anticipate some of that um um, you know, they're not getting a chunk of the pie that they were once getting. Yeah. And um, they're going to let you know that they're not happy about it. Uh, it's frustrating. It's a, it's a never ending fight for us. Um, I mean, go to your point uh, today. I just had a kid walk in. He looked suspicious in the beginning, but let him walk around for a second. Then he uh, goes out and comes back in. And I'm dealing with a customer who says, hey, you know, I want to look at, uh, I smoke cigarettes, but I want to look at smoking a cigar. I said, well, show me your ID first. He said, I'm of age. I said, show me your ID. He, he, well, I, I got to go get my dad. <laughs> yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's little things like that, you know what I mean, is that, you know, we, we stand up for what the state puts in front of us. You know, we want to make sure that we protect what it is that we have. But yeah. when you keep fighting us and we're doing everything that you ask, what the hell else do you want us to do? You know, I mean, I hate to say that that there should be a revolt. I mean, but there's got to be something that we can do as far as not only consumers, but the lounges. I mean, we, we got to start holding the states personally accountable, I think. Yeah. Well, and and the experience you had today with that kid, that's that is really rare. And you know that that is it, mm -hmm. it, rare because. In most cases, if you've got, a, you know, if you've got a kid who's 17 or, I mean, now it's tobacco 21. So if you've got a kid who's, you know, 19 or 20 there, it's, it is so rare that they're going into a premium tobacco store looking to buy a Romeo and Julieta or an undercrown. They're, they're going to Seven Eleven to get a box of black and milds. That's what they're doing. Exactly. Yep. And you this know, kid was actually, this kid was actually 20. He said, yeah, I'm 20. Well, no, he said, uh, what did he say? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 21. I said, well, you can almost come back when you turn 21. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. 
And his, I mean, his dad came in and bought the cigars, which was fine, you know, but it's like, dude, I mean, I'm, I'm not giving up this license for you. You're crazy. Right. right. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's like we encourage people a lot. Just vote, vote with your, uh, um, uh, vote with your hobby in mind, vote with this cigar community in mind. And, um, you know, just try to try to keep people in office who are going to be pro freedom and, and, you know, just let, let consenting adults do what they're going to do. Well, I got a, I got a huge, uh, um, you just got smoked, uh, which is what I use on behind the brand, uh, to Diane Feinstein. She is one of the evilest women that I've ever met when it comes to the tobacco industry. (laughs) I mean, I have ridden her personally, personally eight times within the past three years. And every time I get this automated response, Mm-hmm. And every time I write back and I say, I don't like you, but thank you. Yeah. And that's, that's all we can do for the most part. Yeah. Kindness, kindness will hopefully, hopefully kindness will, will help along the way. But, uh, <laughs> it usually comes down to lawyers in a, in a room, you right. know, lawyers right. who, who bill at a very high rate. But when I remember, um, when I was part of a gun club and the, um, you know, nobody lobbies or lobbied like the NRA, which right. I was on record saying I'm not a fan of anymore. But when I belonged to this gun club, the NRA would come along and they would have a, um, what did they call it? Um, it was like, a, um, it was like a representative day where they would have mm-hmm. all the, you know, the senators and congressmen and women um, come and have a day out at the range. They would pay for all of these, you know, legislators to come out and have this fun day at the range and say, aren't guns great? And what, no, know, what, what, what are we supposed to invite them out for a smoke at the lounge? <laughs> so Yes. I think that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, Walter Mondale used to go up to Stogie's on Grand and and have cigars and you know until he got too old to do that but um and other governors and you know other politicians would would come into uh that iconic lounge um but you know i don't think that's outside of what you know what we should be doing um that and having a viewing of the you know the movie hand rolled and talking about the cigar industry and making it more personal and separating it from this bad word tobacco um, anything that is uh, tobacco in in the lexicon of our culture today, our world today, is all negative. It's all bad, um, right. with the exception of the cigar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we don't want. We've said this a million times. We don't want kids smoking cigarettes. We don't want kids smoking black and milds. We don't want kids smoking premium hand-rolled cigars mm-hmm. we want consenting adults enjoying products that they choose to enjoy but th- this all gets lumped in to the same thing and i've said it a million times these are not a danger to children and they oh. get lumped in with other tobacco products saying that well if it contains the word tobacco that means it's a danger to children and they'll do anything they can to uh you know it, you know, that to put that virtue out there that they're protecting children by preventing, by, by overtaxing premium cigars or, or eventually right. making premium cigars illegal. And as a kid, right. 
all the parties I went to, I never once saw somebody um, get deathly ill from any tobacco product. But I had several I friends nearly die from alcohol poisoning or some other drug overdose. And but yet, I never regulated. I never saw a kid pull out a damn cigar at a party. Right. It was always a cigarette. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. You know. I mean, when, oh. we're, when we talk about, you know, to your point, Matt, is, you know, we talk about consenting, consenting adults. I think that it should not only be consenting adults, but educated adults, Yeah, mm -hmm. which is what which is what we do whenever we have our shows or broadcast every week. We're educating yeah, people. So, you know, be educated behind what it is you're doing versus just saying, well, I'm 21. I can do what the hell I want. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know. Consenting to sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be educated I mean, too, because you need to protect yourself. That's right. That's exactly well, maybe right. You don't, maybe you don't want to. I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> we did just come from Vegas. Up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is it? Is uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, think yeah. it's time? Yeah, I think it's time. All right. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Take just a second and watch this spot about Smoke In's Cigar of the Month program. And now it's time for this week's oh, Numero de los Muertos brought to you by Smokey and Garrett. What do you have for us this week? All right. This week, the number comes to us from North America. And that number is a five-year average, which Matt helped me out with earlier, but didn't realize what we were doing. And the number is 260 people on average die every year from this all right as always viewers uh put guesses in the comments and leo and i are going to have a little uh 20 questions with garrett here um so five-year average mm -hmm. five-year average 260 people die from this north america is it a virus it is not it is not flooding Is it anything medically? It is not medical. Not medical. Okay. It all right. Not, so that it is alleviates that. Um, they two hundred sixty people die every five years. Chris Chris Moore says ran over by a deer. Chris, go home. <laughs> Chris, put the bottle down. <laughs> um. <laughs> Is, is it, it no. go ahead, go ahead. Kara Coleman. Somebody got it right up. Kara? Kara, sorry. Kara, that's my Plane girl. Crashed. Cigar Sensualista. 
Congratulations to you. Smart girl. That's why I like her. Wow. That's an early Damn. guess. That's good. That's good. I like that. So I thought I would go on my plane flying theme. And uh, oh, and I didn't do, even think about that. <laughs> do plane crashes. I didn't think about He usually tries to tie it in somehow to, to current events or whatever, but that's uh, that's a good one. Plane crashes. So it's on average, in the last five years, five years, that's a five year average, 260 people per year in North America. So, question about that then mm -hmm. 260 people die from plane crashes. Mm -hmm. So, these are ones that we actually don't hear about then. Yeah, and here's the interesting thing. So in the last five years in the U.S., none of those numbers are commercial flights. That's what I was just in here thinking. Yeah, it got to be private. Yeah. So small private aircraft. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So these are these are all the ones. So five years. So I think about Hillary Clinton. Okay, cool. Got it. <laughs> good, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling our feed's about to get cut. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. If I cut you guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you know what? First thing that comes was, to mind. Sorry. That was beautiful. This segment is now brought to you by the RNC <laughs> and Leo. <laughs> so, so now that so I gotta ask this because we did when Abe from smoke in was on the show we did because he was he was all anti-helicopter so this is right. just this is just airplanes, airplanes not helicopters correct okay because because yeah. abe is not a fan of helicopter travel he knows he he personally said he knows five people who have died on helicopters well oh, i mean wow. just look at i mean stevie ray vaughn kobe bryant yeah uh, i mean i've never been in a helicopter i don't know if i ever would get into one they you were, have, well, you were in the service. Well, you were in the, yeah, you were in the service. Yeah, they they're actually pretty uh well, let's put it like this. Navy helicopters are different from commercial helicopters. And what I will say is that, you know, it's 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 not a bad ride. That's what I will say. It's not a bad ride. It's a little it's different because it's vertical, you know. Um so it's it's a little different, but it's nice. Now, Chris gave us a, an excuse and I don't know that I Oh, is it? Is he thinking that might be cause of death? No, 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 no. For his, uh, for his, uh, ran over by a reindeer or ran over by a deer. <laughs> lay off the gummies. Lay off the gummies. You got to limit yourself, yeah. like two, oh, two per God. day. <laughs> two per day. Yeah. CBD. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think one is even needed. Hell, maybe half. <laughs> Oh, oh man, that was a good one. That, that was, was good. That, that was good, good early guess. Yeah, Kara. Well done. Yeah, good job, Kara. Well done. And that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right. Um, so Leo, last time when you were on the show with Scott, I think we did the lightning round with you guys, but we have some updated lightning round questions that you haven't heard yet. So let's, uh, oh. let's get into this. All let's right. So it. if you could bring back any fashion trend from the past, what would it be? Bell bottoms, baby. Ooh. Wow. All right. Bell bottoms. 
Yeah. No, because you got to remember. Well, maybe you don't remember. I don't know. I know we're all about the same age. But, you know, the yeah. bell bottoms, the bigger the bell, the more money that you spend. Mm -hmm. You know? So are you talking about, like, the, the skinny jean type on top and the bell on the bottom? Because some of them no, bells. No, no, see, that was, that was for the girls. That was for the girls. Uh-uh. No, no, no. We still had the okay. straight ones that flared out. Right. No, no, no. Don't. Okay. Oh, can't, can't get in that category. The skinny jeans okay. don't fit. <laughs> there, I, there is nothing in my wardrobe that that you could use the word skinny to describe. <laughs> Amen. Hey, you know, speaking of which, both of you guys are are, are good size, good height, and I'm like, damn, these guys are okay, different than what I see here. Yeah, yeah. Garrett's always. I'm always sitting up straight, and Garrett's Garrett's got Garrett's got the lean. So yeah. I'm just, I always sit up straight, but uh, I, usually over time, you'll see me kind of slowly go like this, and then I got to catch myself and sit back up again, and then slowly go like this. Why is, 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 that, is, is that after the drinks? Uh, maybe. I think it goes back <laughs> to my car in high school was a, um, uh, was a, a Plymouth Sundance, and it had a tape player. And the first tape I ever played in there was Run DMC Tougher Than Leather. Oh. And you can't play that tape with your seat upright. No, you can't. And it never it never came back forward. And that's the way my seat is ever since. And that's the way you drive now. It is. It is. Well, yeah. Leo, what was your first car? My first car was the Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme two-door brown in color brown mag wheels brown interior why because my last name is brown, brown. what year was it 84 84 <laughs> nice yeah man. mine was put, a uh I, I put the ll booming system in the back with it oh yeah oh, mine was a a 78 mercury grand marquee brome <laughs> With the flip you had up. the gangster lean too. Oh, it was oh, it had yeah. the flip up light covers, a track player, a trunk you could Ooh. put like four bodies in. Yep. Yep. Good yeah. God. That Man. was and a and a 460 police interceptor under the hood. Oh, stop it. Oh yeah, it was it oh. was that was a lot of fun until I Were wrecked you in it. Minneapolis then? No, that was Indiana. Oh God. Yeah, I can yeah. see the streets being torn up then. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. uh that was a good car. All right. So, Leo, who was your number one childhood or teenage celebrity crush? Childhood or teenage celebrity crush? Oh, um, shit. I can't think of her name. She's she's modeling, but not modeling Tara Banks. That's what Oh. Listen, back then it was hard to I find a black team. model, you know. Um, you know, the only the best thing that we had was uh Miss USA being Vanessa Williams. Uh but yeah, Tower Banks, Campbell. that was you had, you, Naomi. Had you had Naomi Campbell. Yeah, but Naomi Campbell's crazy. I'm sorry, but is she crazy cool? <laughs> hey, sometimes <laughs> crazy is fun. <laughs> the key word there is sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Tyra was my girl, man. I mean, that was uh, that was it, you know. Uh, yeah, teenage time, yeah. Tyra Banks. All right, I like it. Um, if you could add, and we talked about this a little bit already, but 
if you could add any person, any person's face to Mount Rushmore, who would it be? And it could be anybody. Beyond what I already said with Stalker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, yeah a, not, not a cigar. Yeah, a cigar. you would actually add them to the four that are already there. Oh, damn. That's a tough one, bro. Wow. Uh, I mean, if if I really got to look at it, uh, I would have to say probably my, my idol uh, back when I was in high school uh, was Malcolm X. I was just going to do this. Yeah. I mean, if you notice, I've been doing that throughout the show. I mean, yeah. it, I, when I was when I was reading all the books, you know, from Alex Haley and, you know, on the cover of the Malcolm X book, it was it was him like this. You know, I mean, when you see it in the movies and I just picked that up, you know, after doing all the research on Malcolm X and all the pictures you see, you always see that one picture. And that's honestly why I do this. So mm-hmm. I would have to say Malcolm X, man. I like James Brown. too. That's a good one. James Brown, humbly deep. (laughs) I like that. Um, All right, let's get into this week's notable smokables. And as always, guys, notable smokables brought to us by Ace Prime. Ace Prime cigars, notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So, Leo, every week we talk about a cigar we smoked recently that was interesting to us. It could be a cigar that's been on the market for years that we just revisited for the first time in a long time or something brand new to the market that we got to try out for the first time. So what did you smoke recently that really kind of stuck in your mind? Okay, so I'm just going to exclude Carolina Blue. All right, so we'll we'll (laughs) let that go. (laughs) Um, But I that really kind of blew my mind or just revisited. Oh uh, God, if I dig deep, you know what? Honestly, the, uh, the HBC, uh, the new one, it's the, uh, from Liga. I mean, not Liga, but a uh, Pravada club, um, the hot chocolate cake. Yeah. That one actually surprised me because I was expecting a little bit more of an earthy cigar, uh, but it had some remnants of some sweetness. I would say probably some dark chocolate. It also had that roasted coffee. Uh, it also had a little bit of floral on a retro as well. And it also had some spice on a retro. So it, that's one that I could say surprised me because it was not what I was expecting. Yeah. It really wasn't. Nice. That's and we had that here at the shop. That was, that was, I mean, we sold out in probably two days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. HVC is good stuff. Definitely. Yeah. All right, so mine, I would like to uh, bring up in a conversation as well because um, we got just a pack of cigars from Stallone. And um, I smoked the cigar last night that, so he, he he's introducing the cigar and uh, the, the people, um, his sales director said, we should probably change the name. And it's called the Negro. And, um, and they are, they are going to end up changing the name. Yeah. They are yeah. changing the name. And the reason got- this sounds like, this sounds like some real political shit. So, so, so uh, I hope we're not out of bounds sharing this on the show, but they, they basically got some heat from some retailers saying, saying you got to change the name of this cigar. You can't, I can't carry this in my shop. Cause retailers. It's got the, it, yeah. Yeah. It's got retailers the word. Of all yeah, people. And uh, 
as far as I know, it was retailers. And they, yeah. they said, I can't carry the cigar in my shop because it has the word Negro on the band. So and we're going to start was... taking off the Modelo Negro. We're going right. to just yeah. start going off. I mean, this sounds similar. I'm not sure if you guys heard, but this sounds very similar to the real estate game. You cannot say master bedroom anymore. Right. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So we were surprised. Um, and they, mm. you know, they, they made the decision to go ahead and change the name of the cigar. I don't fault them for changing the name of the cigar because, um, you know, they've, they've got a, they've, they've got to they run a their, business at right. the end of the day. Yep. So, you know, they're, 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 they're making a big, they're making a business decision and, and we respect it. And, and, uh, you know, Tony Barrios is a, is a great dude who's so got a, cool. who truly has a drive and a passion for, for the cigar community. So, um, you and know, in fact, um, you know, we're telling his story a little bit, but Carl Malone was in his booth, mm -hmm. um, on uh, Thursday and he said, you know, he was mad at Tony for changing the name, you know, yeah. he was like, it's ridiculous. You know, um, uh, he was like, I, you know, I told all my friends here, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give all my friends the, you know, Negro cigar. And, you know, it was, so, you know, I think this is one of those cases where ignorance on a lot of sides is starting to drive certain things that just don't make sense. Um, yeah. you know, the word means black in Spanish. Plain as day. Spanish word for black. It's and it's a dark ass cigar. It's not a disrespectful word. It's it's not. It's it's the word negro. It means black. So right. Um, it's not negro. Negro. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but, but but again, we don't fault uh you know Tony or his team all. for changing the name. They made a business decision. And, and, and the cigars they're coming out with are, are really, really good quality products. So, you know, hats off to them. Uh, I mean, big up to Tony, uh, because, you know, I've thought about some of this too, is like in the military, you know, one of the top ranks, uh, of all branches has the word master in front of it. So, it's, so in the Navy, it's master chief. Are mm -hmm. we going to get away from master chief? This, this is starting to become a little bit too sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some places where I think, you know, um, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't directly correlate to where we think it goes to in the slavery sense, but there is places where I think it needs to be changed. And, and one of those is in it where there's a master and a slave device. That is a clear cut. Um, this is true. Relation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's a line. You know, there is a line there where it makes sense. Like master bedroom, come on. You know, <laughs> that was um, main bedroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a funny world we live in. I'm gonna shut my mouth right now and stop talking. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I'm about I, to, I, I could I'm, go on for days about this. <laughs> we about, we've already had this show. <laughs> I'm about to go off, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead. So anyway, I had. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I had the Stallone Negro, which I will probably call it for the rest of its uh, uh, run. It, it is. Uh, it was a. Oh my gosh! It was amazing. Cigar Brad. <laughs> I was more offended by Carl Malone having his shoes off and his feet up. <laughs> <laughs> One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. Uh, oh, that's that cigar, you guys. I, I don't remember the name um, that he 
that they're rebranding it to. Um, we'll update that on the uh, website. Azabache. Azabache. Yeah. Which loosely translates to dark goat. <laughs> no, I have I no, know. I have no idea what it right. translates to. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever you say. Uh, fantastic cigar. Just a lot of deep cocoa and uh, spice comes through at about the halfway point, and it was a powerhouse. Very delicious. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, my notable smokable of the week was the CLE 25th anniversary uh, in the Toro size. And if you guys, so for, for those of you guys watching and listening, look for this cigar. It's, it, it looks like Christmas. It's, mm-hmm. it's red and green and white uh, on the bands. And it's got a little bit of tissue paper wrapped around the, the lower section of the cigar. Find that cigar, in my opinion, because it was it was one of the better cigars I'd say I've had in the last couple of years. It it hit so many different points for me. It had a lot of different transitions, you know, as the the way they arrange the leaves in the cigar when they roll it, you know, and and I was getting stuff from like like graham crackers and baking spices and leather and aromas and the retro hail had this awesome like brown sugar kind of kind of funkiness going on even with a little bit of like you know that mustiness you mm-hmm. know that you get and so uh, i highly highly recommend that cigar i'm we're going to be reviewing that one soon because after smoking a couple of them i'm like we have to sit down and actually review that one because it's so yeah. solid so definitely check that one out man i got a question for you guys i mean we we yeah. all three of us have sat here and basically said the same kind of things whenever we're describing the cigars how do you really feel about people giving descriptions of cigars uh as far as like nutmeg and leather and things like that whenever they're reviewing cigars whenever we're reviewing cigars how do you guys truly feel about that i think it's subjective i think everybody so so the way i describe it is um when i'm smoking a cigar i'm not actually i don't actually taste nutmeg and baking spices and leather and i don't actually smell black pepper and that kind of thing it's just i there there are things that are coming into my palate and through my nose that remind me of those characteristics mm-hmm. there there you know it it could be like i i, I get notes that remind me of of espresso or i get notes that remind me of of dark chocolate or i get notes that remind me of whatever it's that's and and i learned through watching this uh um uh, a wine sommelier on youtube who basically said when you're tasting wine no matter how weird it sounds write it down mm-hmm. it could say it, it what if you smell it or taste it no matter how stupid or off the wall or weird it sounds just write it down now we don't put when we review cigars on the website we don't necessarily put all that in the review but but we you know we try to put the basics in there uh but yeah there i've i've tasted or smelled some things on cigars that that i sit back and i you know you take a puff and you look at the cigar and you're like what (laughs) right yeah how did i just taste that or smell that that makes no sense whatsoever but it came to mind so i I write it down would you guys ever you know have that moment where you're walking around and it could be anywhere and all of a sudden you're like 
this smells like my grandparents' basement. You know, obviously you're not in your grandparents' basement, but something in the environment gave you this memory, this, this thing. That's what flavors do for us. It, um, uh, if That's you take any kind of sommelier at all training tips, you know, things that flavors and scents are more memory than they actually are flavors on your tongue or through your sinus. Yeah. And scientists have been saying for years that the most powerful sense that triggers memory is, is the nose. So, and, and for me, this is a weird one. For whenever I smell diesel fumes, it takes me back to oh. my drum corps days. Cause you're in the parking lot after drum corps shows and there's all the buses and the semis around and, and you're just, you're constantly surrounded by diesel fumes. That's what go, my head goes back to. every time I smell diesel fumes mm -hmm. from a big rig or a bus. That's what I go back to in my mind. When I smell diesel fumes, I think about the Navy and every young seaman I wanted to choke and throw overboard. <laughs> <laughs> so that, uh, that was this week's notable smokables brought to you by Ace Prime, improving lives through fine cigars. Visit aceprime.com to learn more. So to give our viewers an idea of some stuff we have coming up soon, we actually have to re we, we have an interview in the works with Indiana Ortez, who is now with Mambacho Cigars. And she, like we said before, she is one of the rising stars in the cigar industry. And we're excited mm -hmm. to talk to her. We had to reschedule some things because uh, obviously with them basically reinventing Mambacho right now, they're really busy. So we're, uh, uh, you know, completely respectful of that. We're working on getting that, uh, getting that interview rescheduled and we have some great other things coming up in the near future as well. Um, Leo, give all our, uh, our viewers and listeners an idea of the best place where they can keep up with everything you have going on on social media. Barrels and leaves all over social media, no matter where you look, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter. Uh, it's just at barrels and leaves, wherever you go. Uh, you can also make sure, make sure, make sure that you guys catch up with BNL behind the brand. That is the weekly talk show uh, every Saturday, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And don't forget, shopcarolinablue.com for your Carolina Blue cigars, man. Absolutely. Well, Leo, man, thank you so much for being on the show with us tonight. We we were grateful to catch up with you finally and meet you in person at uh, at TPE. Thank you for being on the show. We look forward to seeing you hopefully, uh, you know, at PCA and, and many other events in the, in the days and, and months and years to come. You got it, man. Anything for you guys, anytime you let me know, I'm here for you. Thank you. Thanks. For Thank man. you. Uh, for our viewers and listeners, thanks as always for watching and listening. If you're listening on the, on the audio podcast, wherever you listen to audio podcasts, thank you so much. Take just a minute. Make sure to subscribe to the audio podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Also, follow us on Facebook and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, if you guys have questions for Garrett or myself, make sure to email us directly from the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. And follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And as always, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars. Not bridges. See you guys. Thank you.